0: 80. That's episode 80 of B Boomer Unleashed. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episodes and all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode is uh, today's fascination with socialism, an interview with yet another millennial. Part two, as we finish up our interview with Sam Denning today and, and his perspective on on the Millennials' fascination with socialism. Last week, Sam's audio was a little on the low side, and I apologize for that. I don't know what happens. Just sometimes when you're dealing with technology, that stuff happens. I'm going to try to drag my audio down through the recorded part of this uh, interview today and crank his up as far as I can crank it, and maybe you can get one volume level where you can hear us both fairly decently. But I apologize But uh, you could hear it okay, but it was not as crisp and loud as I would like for it to have been. That wasn't Sam's fault. That was the old producer here, the old b Boomer Unleashed. That was my fault. I'll try to make it a little better today, and hopefully uh, you can hear Sam. But I don't care whether you hear me or not, as long as you can hear what Sam's talking about there. Okay? Well, before we get into today's uh, interview with Sam, the conclusion of that interview... Let me remind you, as always, where you can find our podcast. You can always find us at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at bboomerunleashed. You can find us on iHeartRadio at b.boomerunleashed. You can also grab our link off of Facebook, Spotify, or Instagram at bboomerunleashed. And you can find our link on Twitter at bboomerunleash one And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at BBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's BBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com. Give us your comments, your criticisms, your questions, uh, subjects for a future episode that we might uh, want to talk about. And as always, if you'd like to be a guest on the BBoomerUnleashed Unleashed podcast, Just tell us what you'd like to talk about, and you know what? We'd be happy to try to get you on our show. So today's uh, episode is part two of that interview with Sam Denning, one of my former students, a millennial, and his take on uh, socialism and the millennial fascination with socialism today. So without further ado, let's go to that recorded interview now.
1: Think outside the box. And that's all I'm saying.
0: Think outside the box. But don't you think, uh, Sam, a lot of this millennial generation, I think a lot of them have the victim's mentality. I'm the victim. The, the man's, you know, the man messed over me. The man screwed me, whatever. And I've, uh, you know, I, I'm this victim here, and I'm entitled to, you know, I'm entitled to everything that that old man over there has worked for his entire life, and I'm entitled to
1: it now. I, I think that that plays into it significantly, too. And, you know, I still get told these same things by my fans, uh, some of my family, you know, the ones I look up to. You know, that I just don't know. And here I am, I'm working pretty hard. Right. But I think, so I do know but what keeps my driving force is that, you know, I do have a dad that, you know, basically craps, craps the whip
0: continuously. I remember when you were in high school, he cracked the whip, and it was probably a
1: pretty good thing. Wasn't it? <laughs> All the time, yes. And that, you know what, that's, um, that's very important. Right. But I think that, like you said, the, the, the victim thing is that, these people don't realize how hard it is to get to where that person that they want their stuff is because they've not ever had to do it so it's easy for them to look at them and say you know i need i want what he has i want because they that means nothing to them
0: well i think you and i were talking the other day until uh, about 2014 um from the time I was thirteen, or actually from the time I was sixteen, I got my first job when I was thirteen, pumping gas in a gas station. You weren't allowed to till you were sixteen, but I always looked bigger and older than I was, so I, I got away with it. But from the time I was sixteen and up until two thousand fourteen, and I turned seventy last week, so that's a lot of years.
1: You
0: uh, th- <laughs> thank you. Um, I always worked two jobs always worked two, at least two jobs sometimes three and you know I was a school teacher and you had to find something to do in the summer you painted houses you cut grass you built decks um, I drove charter buses I drove tractor trailer we you know I did a whole lot of different stuff and um, but you know, it's not always somebody's going to hand you a job, and that's the only job you're going to have to work, and it's going to be 40 hours a week or 20 hours a week, and um, you're going to, you know, solve all life's problems. It just doesn't work that way. Right.
1: I mean, hopefully, you know, ideally, that would be great, and it does happen for some people. Sure. I think in my in my generation, it's not. It doesn't happen much, and I think people have an expectation that it's gonna happen all the time. Right. And that they're just gonna twiddle their thumbs and wait until it does. But
0: what do we do what do we do about it? I mean, you know, if if we become you know, if we become a socialist nation and everybody ends up on the dole, you know, in a socialistic uh, environment there is no private ownership property. You know, I mean and some people look at you and say, well, at least you got your house paid for. Well, sure, I have my house paid for, my car's paid for, my camper's paid for, my boat's paid for, I've got another house in Ohio that's paid for. But if we get in a socialistic country, if socialism takes over, the all the government has to do, you know, I got my property tax bill today. I'm sure you probably got some property tax bills today, too. And, um, you know, my property tax here in Cabell County on uh, just the house I live in, uh, this this one house is uh, right at $1,500 a year. And that's with the homestead exemption. Now, let's say the government decides, the federal government decides, well, we're just going to put a federal property tax on you, too. And all of a sudden, that federal property tax is $30,000 a year. Well, you know, I don't live here much longer. Um, and the and the federal government owns my property. And the same thing could happen with 401K or retirement plan or whatever. For the greater good, we're going to take all of your assets and we're going to spread them out so that uh,
1: everybody's on an
0: equal playing field.
1: And I, uh, I could certainly see something maybe not that extreme happening yet but something like that happening because how on earth are we going to pay for all this money
0: right
1: Uh, it's got to come from somebody well you know I I think that there's a lot I I really do believe that uh, that's something that needs to be in the back of people's minds Um, I I believe in personal property ownership, like I said, I think that's one of the reasons that people my age and younger are leaning heavily towards socialism and this grand plan because they don't they don't know even hardly what you're talking about unless they do own property they don't they don't even, they don't grasp that uh, it's just words and uh And they may even say, well, you're fortunate or something. But um, I I think that this is a solvable thing possibly. I mean, I don't want to sound so super, super doom and gloom, but there's times where it feels like, you know, I, I personally feel like maybe there's a whole generation lost to this. You know, people can believe what they want. I personally don't believe in that, so uh, you know, I hate to say that they're lost, but I just disagree with basically an entire generation, and and I I seem to be living that generation. But uh, you know, I I believe that unlike many progressives, uh, that conservative people tend to take our beliefs for granted and assume that many of them are just second nature. You know, so for decades we've really not been actively pursuing a means of keeping these things the status quo, whereas the reverse seems to have been true for more progressive folks, uh, namely socialists and Marxists. Uh, they are continually activists, right. and we are content until now, I believe, and that's why we're talking about it in your podcast, but we're content to live our lives and assume the majority think as we do. Well, this is becoming less and less and less true. <laughs> what do we got to do? We got to get off our butts and start to be a little bit more like activists. Right. Just like, just like I was saying with our, uh, this is my plan for solving it, but I mean, uh, just like I was saying about getting a job, you know, got to get, we got to get, we got to do something. We can't just let this pass us by or it will. Um, I, I think that we need to actively be involved in a goal for the next generation, you know, promote family values, Be involved in our kids' education. Make sure that they're learning what you believe to be appropriate in school. Otherwise, take them out of school. Right? Maybe homeschool them or send them somewhere else. Our children are the key. In today's times, with the internet, and I was talking to you about this the other day. You know the way the internet is; they can be easily lost and never return. Because once you're taught something and you believe that thing to be true then you're probably, especially these kids, they're only going to read those things about that online, which only reinforces it to them.
0: Well, and they're only on on Facebook. Let's just give that as an example. Of course, that Facebook I've heard is for old people. But, you know, these folks, but the kids are on there, make no mistake. Um, They gravitate only toward those people that they agree with. Mm -hmm. And they don't, they're not interested in in diverse opinions. And, you know, they like this socialism business because it's going to take care of their student debt. It's going to give them a check every month. They're going to be on the dole. Government's going to give us a check. That's cool. Um, You know, so um, they uh, think in those terms And as a result, the motivation to get out and really succeed is not there. And the more and more socialism takes over, the less and less will be the motivation uh, to succeed. Because if everybody's going to get the same paycheck, and this guy over here sits and watches TV and plays video games all, all day, and this guy over here is cutting grass... All day, and we both get the same check from the government. Where's the incentive? Right.
1: Right. And uh, there is no. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't want to make it sound because I, you know, I can be somewhat extreme in how I word it. But I don't want to make it sound like this is solely an issue for uh, you know diehard liberal progressives and social no. people. I mean, Conservatives, myself included, you know, I get caught up in reading only the things that I like. Sure,
0: absolutely, absolutely. If not, your head will explode sometimes.
1: Right. <laughs> but I think in general, generally speaking, you know, like socialism, you can you can read all over the place, you know, real time examples of it not working. Um, but you know, if, if all you want to read are articles about how. Like you said, you're you're just going to get a check every month, and all your worries are going to go away. And you know, I can't I can't help you there. I can't convince you otherwise if you're not willing to open your eyes. Well, here's another here's
0: another thing I've thought about, and I just wonder what's going to happen to the money. Uh, let's face it, we, you know, my mom was part of that traditionalist of the greatest generation. She's 93 years old. Um there's not a whole lot of those people left right. um, and they're dying off thousands a day well we baby boomers are starting to die off and and about and probably Sam and I I should look looked this up I guess but I, I'm just going to throw out a conservative estimate here that I think uh, would probably be uh, accurate on the conservative side I'd say the baby boomers in this country control probably 60%, at least, of the wealth. And um, as we die off, and that wealth goes into our estates, and a lot of the recipients of that wealth are going to be millennials, do you think they're going to be eager to spread that wealth out to other people? Uh, Do you think they're going to think that's a great idea then? You know, what do you think?
1: That's a really, really good question. You know, I, I can't, I can't really tell what's in each individual millennial's heart. <laughs> right. I, I, although I do know what's in mine. I'd like to think that maybe on a local level they may help out some people with it, but in general, you know, not blow their parents the money they worked their whole life for. But that, I'm, I'm a traditionalist myself, obviously. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, that's something that I could talk. We could talk about for a while. Oh yeah, I mean, there's just about, <laughs> I, you know, right. And, and obviously with death tax, that's one way of redistributing, you know, getting the money back in the system. Right. Um, I don't know.
0: Is that currently still a thing? Oh, it's it's always it's always a discussion item and. You know, of course, uh, the death tax or the inheritance tax is not near what it used to be. In some places, it doesn't exist at all, but that'd be an easy way to get it back. And, you know, it's just like you're talking about all this money we were printing, and Stephen and I talked about this a little bit. And you say, well, how are you going to pay for it? Well, if socialists take over, it's easy because, you know, I think you and I discussed this was, uh, the other day when we were talking on the phone. Just in 401k plans in this country, there's over eight trillion dollars just in 401k. So you add corporate retirement, IRAs, Roth IRAs, personal savings, cash value and life insurance. We're probably looking at a number that approaches 50 trillion dollars. and you know you think a socialist government wouldn't like to get their hands on that money in a heartbeat
1: yeah
0: and then you combine that you combine that with all the private property the real estate everything that you know they would like to become in charge of so you know uh, and I don't I don't know why capitalism became so evil I don't get it
1: <laughs> you know probably because There are good examples to point to of where it has been abused. Sure. Absolutely. But it has truly built the country. It has made us the most desirable country to live in in the world. It's made us the most innovative. It has given us a quality of life in a short period of time that nobody would have ever dreamed in their wildest imagination. No. And it's not a product of socialism. It's not, I mean, communism. they, They don't, they have to steal from us to get it so who's going to get who's going to start stealing from us if we're a socialist country i mean nobody we're going to basically hit the plate right and you know what you were saying about real property ownership leads me into my main reason for how to fix this so i was talking about it, but i didn't get to my main story. sure go ahead i think that home and real property ownership is a huge piece to this uh And I think a way to fix it is folks that can afford to purchase a home for their child Mm -hmm. as an alternative for college should, you know, give them the option, you know, and I I haven't thought this all the way through. I don't know how I'd actually make this work, but there has to be a way because I don't want it to just be people that can afford it. I want to give everybody the opportunity to get in the system, if every single millennial was a property owner and they knew that their property taxes were going to go up, you'd have people raising arms. But instead, most of them are not owning property. They don't. You see what I mean? They don't have any skin in the game.
0: A lot of them don't even own a car.
1: <laughs> they don't right. have any personal right. property. Right. So, you know, give them the option, make them pay the insurance and the taxes on it and if they can't manage it if they can't if they don't get a job you know they still lose the house like anybody else
0: right
1: uh, you know just the whole point is get them equity and it will get them involved they'll have skin in the game well I just thought kind of last minute for those who can't afford to do that maybe maybe you know the government could could do it. They could make some sort of loan, forget part of the loan, forgivable if you buy a house in a rundown area of a neighborhood in your town and live there for a certain amount of time with continued payments. You know that could revitalize some of our towns, get people property ownership. But at the same time, you know banks would collapse if everybody defaults. I mean, there's all kinds of. But the but the but the point is is get people have got to own homes. So it will take. It may take a generation or two, but. You know, could you imagine if we had a million more people just next year that, that actually owned a home that didn't own a home before that were never going to own a home? Right. Um, it, it would make a tremendous difference in how people think.
0: Well, a lot of these talk shows, they, uh, they talk about zero liability voters. And these zero liability voters are the ones, like you said, that don't have skin in the game. It's no skin off their nose if... The government takes over everything because they're going to get a check, and that's what they want. You know, um, their you know, welfare was never meant meant to be a lifelong uh, no. lifestyle. You know, you, it was meant to help somebody through some rough times and some tough times, and then you move on and do something else. But no, it's,
1: uh, uh, it's it is enabled. It,
0: yes, it has. Yes, it has. And, but uh, like I say, it's it's a complex problem. If you or I could come up with the answers to it tonight, we probably would um, maybe end up buying some beachfront property in the Bahamas <laughs> or somewhere, you know. But I know. but it's uh, it's a it's a complex problem, and uh, it's just. Uh, you know, I think um, when, when and and, you know, the socialists might not take over this election. They might. But they might not take over this election. But at some point they will because mm-hmm. the boomers are going to die off. And there and you as a traditionalist millennial are
1: in the minority. Yeah, it will definitely happen. Um, it, it, but you know what irritates me about what what's what you know, the same thing these people want to be a socialist country, they want to upend all this stuff. Well the same thing, you know, the founders of this country they envision people's ideas and things changing. So the same thing the founding of this this country and the constitution gives these people a right to win elections and change stuff. Right. But at the, you know, in, but yet they're fighting it. Like they hate it. And it's like, how can you hate something that is going to allow you to change? Right. Built into our system. Right. I think the people fundamentally don't get it. Well, I mean, what... what I may not, as much as I may not like that, I just hope that people could step back and see that. Right. You know, that that is where we live. That's the freedom of this country, that your group may be a majority. And that's how it works. Right. I'm not going to like it, but maybe if people self-reflected about that, they wouldn't be so diehard socialist.
0: Right. I understand. You
1: I see understand. what I'm saying? It's like, no, you need to tear it all down. Start over. It's like, no, this has worked, and it's worked pretty well.
0: Well, Sam, buddy, I've, uh, I've enjoyed talking with you. I think the clock on the wall here says it's about time to hang it up, but I've enjoyed it. I'd like to talk to you again sometime. Uh, we might talk about socialism again. We might uh, we might talk about a book or something. Who knows? We'll we'll talk about. We might talk about cutting grass. You know. But uh, that's a, that's a, that's one nice thing. Like I told Stephen, that's one nice thing about a podcast that nobody sponsors. That you pay for it yourself. Nobody can tell you what to talk about. You just talk about whatever you want to talk about and and I have enjoyed it and I I'd, I'd like to do this again sometime um but um I I I've, I've appreciated the dialogue here tonight it's good making a connection with you again um,
1: yeah, I appreciate you it's good talking with you
0: tell me a little bit about your family how many kids you got now yeah two
1: kids yeah uh, yeah two two right
0: two boys that's awesome yeah
1: Bunch of us running around. I'm the I'm, I've got four older brothers. Right, and we all well, one of them moved recently, but most of us live in Huntington. Uh, Makes the holidays pretty nice, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You can always bet that uh, you know you're going to get to see everybody in the family. I think it's that's important. Yes,
0: it is. Yeah, family is important, and 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 you brushed on that a little bit. One of the biggest differences and, and one of the things these millennials are dealing with, and you're you're fortunate to be a millennial that has a supportive family, uh, the biggest biggest obstacle to a lot of these millennials, they grew up with grandma or grandpa, or they grew up in a single parent home, or they grew up with mom bringing a different boyfriend home every night, you know, and mm-hmm. You know, you just didn't have that stability of the home. And uh, I think the home is is pretty important. I know when I was growing up, you know, 5 o'clock, buddy, we were at the dinner table. It didn't matter what we were doing, but we were at the dinner table. And and now these uh, kids, and it started with the millennials, and it's pretty much today they go from one sport to the next, to the next, to the next, and while mom's going through... McDonald's drive-in drive-through with Suzy Q. Dad's going through Chick-fil-A with uh, Billy Bob. You know, so um, that unity in the family is is very very important.
1: So that
0: you've might been blessed. yes I'm
1: very blessed. yes you have yes you Not have just my immediate family, but my mom's family you know we're all right still very very close. Yeah, yeah, you've got a
0: great family. I enjoyed working with them when I was the principal of Huntington High and George. You yeah, have a bunch of them working there. Yeah. Yeah, they're just, they're just a bunch of them. But anyway, yeah. well, Sam, once again, good to talk with you and we'll do it again sometime, okay?
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Bye. Well, that concludes our interview with Sam Denning and we hope that you enjoyed that time together uh, with him and uh, we'd like to have sam back on as i said uh, the audio quality wasn't quite up to par the way i wanted it but we adjusted it as much as we could so that maybe you could only have one volume setting to listen to sam and i uh, but uh, that's not sam's fault that was my fault i'm just a one-man show here i do the uh I'm the director, the producer, the on-air talent, you know. So uh, that's what happens when you have a one-horse show. But uh, we hope that you enjoyed our time together. It was great connecting with Sam. and I will have him on the podcast again. He's a very bright young man, and we'll talk about something else, and we'll get his audio just a little bit better next time. Uh, I promise. But it's been great being with you. Next week, we are going to interview, not another millennial, but Gen Xer, Barry Cook. And Barry is a, also a fellow podcaster. He has a podcast on Spotify and some other locations called Sheep No More, Sheep No More. So if you'd like to look up Barry's podcast and see what he's all about, we're going to talk about this same phenomenon with Barry He has a little different perspective as a Gen Xer, and we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about podcasting in general, uh, its effect on society today. We're going to talk about socialism. Uh, We'll talk a little family. We'll talk a little bit of everything, and uh, we uh, hope that you'll join us for that as well. Well, it's been great being with Sam, as I said, and we hope to have him on the show again. Well, that's all the time we have for this week and uh, we appreciate you coming along. Wouldn't be much fun without you. So we'll see you again on the next episode of Be Boomer Unleashed. But until then, have a great week and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye. Music.